Grab your Bibles and turn with me to Ruth chapter 3. I want to look at verse 7. Ruth chapter 3 and verse 7. You know, um, we have been dealing with the spiritual disciplines in the book of Ruth. Now, now, now I want to I make this clear that, that spiritual disciplines, it's not to gain or to give you acceptance into heaven or by God. But spiritual disciplines is to make you fit for the kingdom of God. It's, it's not your passport. It's not your, 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 your passport to heaven. It's, it's simply God equipping you and, and furnishing you uh, so that you would feel at home when you enter a world where there is no sin. Is somebody with this preacher? Yeah, yeah, that, that's the purpose of, of spiritual. For, for, for instance, for instance, my, um, my, my, my father had a, a lot of children. Um, in fact, I think his favorite Bible passage was be fruitful and multiply. I mean, a lot of children. I mean, at my father's funeral, we saw these we saw, we saw these, these women, they were like crying. And as they were crying, they were like, Daddy, where did you leave us? We were like, did she just say Daddy? <laughs> I know you're thinking it's not the best place to meet new siblings, right? But, but, but one of, the, one of, the, one of the, the promises I made to God and myself is that I would strive to live a moral life so that I wouldn't walk in the footsteps of my father. No, 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 me, me striving for purity, it isn't so that God would accept me. God has accepted me even before I knew about him. Me striving for purity is so that I will not be affected by the curse of my earthly father, not so much my heavenly father. So the disciplines, the spiritual disciplines that we have been teaching is not so that you can get God's favor. It's not so that God could love you because he loved you according to Romans 5 verse 6 while you were kicking and screaming and spitting on him. He loved you enough to die the death of a criminal. So it's not for God's love but it's so that we will be fit to enter his kingdom. Is that clear? So some of the disciplines we discussed, we, we talked about the discipline of sameness. And in the discipline of sameness, we were saying that at times, success is pretty boring. At times, you, 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 you don't feel to get up and, and, and come to church, do you? You know, it's like, the, it's like the young man, his mom knocked on his door, and he was like hiding under his bed. And the mom said, son, you, you got to come to church. And he's like, mommy, give me two reasons why I need to come to church this morning. And, and the mama said, well, the first reason is today is the, the Sabbath. It's the day of rest. And she said, the second reason um, is you're the pastor. <laughs> uh, but sometimes you, you don't even feel to, to pray and, and, and to read the word and, and to follow. You don't feel like it sometimes. But at times you just do it because it's the right thing to do. You just do it because it's what's, it, 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 it brings healing and transformation. Sometimes success is boring. So we spoke about the discipline of sameness. Just learning to do the same things, the same things, knowing that it's good for us. And then we spoke about the discipline of, 
of presence. And in the discipline of presence, we learned, we learned how important it is to continually be in God's presence through reading the Word, uh, through fellowshipping with those who are like-minded, through uh, singing His praises and worshiping and honoring our Savior, the discipline of presence. Because what I've learned, what I've experienced is, is the more you spend time with God, change, though it is imperceptible, it happens in your life. You know, one guy said to his mom, who continually serve God. He said, he said, you know, mom, you are wasting your time with that God thing, that Sabbath thing. It's, it's useless. Huh? Where is the major changes? Where is the miracles in your life? And while she was talking, she was, she was rinsing out this, this, this basket. And, and, and um, he said, look, your religion, serving your God, is just like you pouring water into that basket. It doesn't hold. And the mama said to him, yeah, it doesn't hold, but the basket is sure cleaner. And that's what happens when we consistently, continuously spend time in God's presence. Change takes place. And then we spoke about the discipline of character. Now, now I really shouldn't be repeating it because right now the media department is losing money. You all should be buying the CDs. Hello. But I'm hooking you guys up so you get everything for half price. Thank you. The discipline of character, and, and, and we were saying, we were saying, we read from, um, Pastor Henderson read from, from Auntie Ellen in Christ's Object Lesson, page 569. Auntie Ellen says this. She says, when the character of Christ is perfectly reproduced in his people, then he's going to come. Now, that was kind of profound. Let me tell you why. Usually, when you think about the coming of Christ, you think about the, the, the twin towers falling. When you think about the coming of Christ, you think about the tsunami that struck Asia. When you think about the coming of Christ, you think of disaster, wars, and rumors of wars. But, but Matthew 24, Jesus said that those were just the beginning of sorrows. In the, end, the end ain't even close. And our dearly beloved pastor pointed out to us that one of the major signs of Christ's coming is change in your life. One of the major signs of Christ's coming is, 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 is when his character, when, 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 when people can't even distinguish between you and Jesus. That's the sign that Jesus is really about to burst the clouds and ride down the skies. That's how you know he's close to come. In fact, in fact, it's easier to look for signs in the heavens than to look for signs in your heart. It's so much easier to look for the, the, the catastrophes and the calamities as opposed to looking for character change in your own life. Habakkuk 2 and verse 14, the Bible says that, that, that as the seas, as the waters covers the seas, so shall the glory of God cover the earth. The glory, meaning the character of God. All right, that's enough summary, right? You all good? We caught up? We caught up? Thank God for Pastor Lisette. What a Mother's Day sermon. I felt like a mother. You hear me? All right, let me quit while I'm ahead. But she talked about the discipline of nurture. L Ruth chapter 3, verse 7. Hear what the Word of God says. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk, and his heart was merry, he went and he laid down on the heap of grain. And she came secretly and uncovered his feet and laid down. Pray with me. Father, we come in the name of your dear son, Jesus. Our prayer and our heart's desire is that our lives would be touched. 
that our resolve would be to serve you come what may. Bless us with these requests of ours in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. One of the stories I like to tell when I travel in places like New York and I travel and preach in the islands is about a young man who struggled to trust God. He thought that God just wasn't wise. He said, let me, let me tell you why God isn't wise. If God is so wise, why would God take a big pumpkin and put it on a small vine? You can tell it's an island story, right? And then take a small mango and put it on a big tree? He said, that's, that's, that's kind of dumb. And a big pumpkin, a small vine, and a small mango on a big tree? While he was thinking these thoughts, he was standing under a mango tree. Boop! A mango fell and hit him on his head. He said, thank God it wasn't a pumpkin. <laughs> and he there and then got a revelation of the wisdom of God. So, so, so th th this, this morning, I want to talk about the discipline of trust. How do you trust God when it seems that you can take matters into your own hands? How do you trust God when he's taking so long uh, to fix your problems? How do you trust him when, when, when his delay is so painful? So, so in, 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 in Ruth chapter 3, the, the chapter begins with Naomi deciding to help Ruth. Verse 1 in, in chapter 3, Naomi says to Ruth, she says, girl, I need to find you a man. I need to hook you up, find you some security. You see, what, what, what had happened, Naomi was kind of like in a funk. She was going through her own little depression and darkness. Um, she, she, in fact, she, she told the folk, don't call me Naomi, which means pleasant. Call me Mara, which means bitter, because I left this place full, and I'm coming back empty. I have nothing. So she was, she was kind of in the dumps, right? And then Ruth comes along with her. Ruth begins to be diligent. Ruth is working day in and day out. She's, 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 God is loading her up with blessings, right? And all of a sudden, Naomi's eyes are open. We talked about the discipline of character, and in the discipline of character, we said that when you show up as a Christian, as someone that's in love with Jesus, when you show up at the, at the workplace, you change the very environment in which you are present. Huh? All of a sudden, people are smiling at each other. All of a sudden, they, they, they feel guilty cursing and swearing. All of a sudden, love replaces hate and joy replaces sorrow because you showed up. And the question, the question we were challenged with is, is how different will the workplace be? How different would your school be if you weren't there? Because we change our very environment by who we are. So Ruth inspired Naomi to be different. And man, once Naomi got a hold of that, uh, of that revival in her soul, Naomi said, Ruth, you know what? I'm going to hook you up, girl. She said, you see, Boaz, I'm going to tell you how to get him. And, and, and I like that because I long for the day when the elders in the church, when, the, when, 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 when those who are experienced, when the, the seniors among us will, will pull young people aside huh, and say, girl, let me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me teach you a thing or two about how to get you a good husband, or how to treat your husband well, or how to dress appropriately. I long for the day. Huh? When, the, when the older men in the church would, would pull the young guys aside and say, man, let me, let me talk to you about your career, man. Where do you expect to see yourself in the next five years? Huh? How many classes you need to, to finish your degree? I, I long for those days when as a family we mentor one another. 
This thing about generation gap, it irritates me. Huh? Generation gap, my big toe. We're supposed to be loving on each other, bringing healing to each other. Huh? Using your mistakes to guide someone around it. And I love that about Naomi. So Naomi said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you what to do. So check the, check the plot, right? We're in chapter 3. And I just, I just crossed over verse 1. She said, girl, you need, to, you, you, you need to put on some perfume. You need to dress really good. You know, not, not, not the Gucci stuff, but dress like really good. Hook it up. And, and you, you know what I like about that? I like that because Naomi was saying to Ruth, God, God ain't going to put on cologne for you. God will not go to 24 hours fitness on your behalf. I know I just hurt somebody's feelings, but he won't. He won't. No, no, he won't. God will not pass your exam for you. I, I, I used to think he would. That's why I studied like an hour before the exams. And I used to see my way through college, a C in math, a C in English, you know. But, but God, God, God will not do for us what he has blessed and equipped us to do for ourselves. So she said, girl, girl smell right, look right, huh? And, 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 and go after the man who can make a difference in your life. No, 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 no. That made me a little uncomfortable because I'm thinking that, that, that shouldn't the man be the pursuer? Shouldn't the guy be the one coming after the... Isn't, isn't that chivalry? Isn't that the, the, the thing that the guy in the, in the novel did, in the, the knight in shining armor? Isn't that what, what men ought to do? But let me tell you something, sing, single ladies. According to my girl, Beyonce, all the single ladies. Let me tell you something. <laughs> if you wait... For the man to make the first move, you may just be waiting until the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying to, to, to pursue and to chase and to run after the guy, but I'm saying you, you, you can at least get his attention. Hello. You see what I'm saying? And Naomi was telling Ruth, girl, you better get his attention. And then from verse 7, the story, walk with me in the world, y'all. The story takes an interesting twist. Verse 7, verse 7, when Boaz had eaten and drunk, and when his heart was merry, today's English, intoxicated, and he went to lay down on the heap of grain, then Ruth came secretly and uncovered his feet and laid down. And verse 8 says, when he, when he woke up, and he noticed that someone was in his bed with him. He's like, who is that? And verse 9, she said, I am Ruth. You are a close relative. Cover me. What in the world does all of that mean? Well, basically, this is the plot, right? This is the plot. Naomi says to Ruth, go see where, where Boaz's suite is, his hotel room. See where he's lying down. After he drinks and is kind of out of it, go lie down at his feet, who lie down at the end of his bed, right? And, and, and when he wakes up in the night, and he says, well, who, who's that? Who in the world is that? She said, hey, it's, it's me, Ruth. Cover me. Cover me simply means marry me. You know, um, back in the day, uh, a man would cover a woman with a skirt, symbolizing that he was engaged to her. She was, he was betrothed to her. This is going to be his wife. Cover me. 
So, so, so basically, the, the plot was this. The plot was this. Check the plot. Check it out, right? You talk about um, great, 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 Grace Anatomy, Desperate Housewives. They have nothing on the book of Ruth, y'all. Watch. Check, check, check this. She said, she said so, so basically, Naomi's telling Ruth, wait until he's kind of drunk. Go lay down on, on his bed with him. Because when he wakes up and he notices a woman is in his bed, he's going to think he compromised her. He's going to think he did her wrong while he was drunk. And, and because he's a noble man, because he's a decent brother, he's going to marry you. Ain't that interesting? No, no, no. I, I asked some of my theological peeps about this story. I said, well, do you think what, what Naomi advised Ruth was right? Do you think it was necessary? Well, somebody said, well, listen, man, whether it was right or wrong, it worked. Another person said, well, 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 well the, the fact that the Bible doesn't say anything about it, it must be the correct thing she did. Uh, someone else said, well, well, I, I, think, I think Boaz, he was kind of slow. And they had a right to back that joker in a corner and get him to marry her. And, and, and th their responses kind of bothered me a bit. Because what I've noticed is a lot of times, because the Bible is silent on an issue, we think that God's silence means God's approval. Could I stay right here for a hot minute? We, we, we generally think that because, be, be, because uh, the Bible isn't like calling out our mess, that it means it's all cool, right? It's all good. Huh? So, like, so like people will tell me, well, look, look, Pastor, in, 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 in Joshua chapter 2, Rahab... She lies to the king's men and told them that the spies went, they escaped while she had them hidden. And because a verse wasn't inserted that says, thou shall not lie, it was fine for Rahab to lie. No! God's silence is not his blessing. God's silence is, is not his permission. God's silence doesn't mean that he condones wrong. A lot of times the Bible is just relaying stories that occur. But because you know his principles, you know what's right from wrong. Huh? The, the other interesting thing is, well, people say, well, it worked, right? And because it worked, it must be must mean that God is in it. Because things worked out well, Boaz eventually, you know, he, he marries Ruth. They have great kids. One of them, one of her great-grandchildren was David. And a great-great-great-great-grandson was, was Jesus himself. So it worked out well. It means everything they did, because it worked out well, it must be God's will. Must be. Sounds similar to my man Gamaliel in Acts chapter 5. Um, they were planning to, to, like, to like jail and beat the apostles, Peter, Peter and his boys. And Gamaliel stood up and he said in the council of um, Jewish leaders, he said, hey, listen up, guys. Be careful what you do to these guys. Hear why? Um, a, a few months ago, uh, these guys started trying to form their own church and their own religion. And it, it, it fell apart. You see, he said, listen, if this thing is of God, it's going to prosper. If it's not of God, it's going to fall apart. Now, that song's logical. It song's right. That's Acts 5.39. I don't agree with Gamaliel. I don't. You know why? Because I know of some religious movements, part of their doctrine is to oppress women, 
Part of their doctrine is to worship stones and woods and, 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 and part of their doctrine is, is they, would prefer, they would prefer to see a cow live and a person die. And those religions are bigger than Christianity. Those religions are older than the faith of Jesus. So it's not true that because something is successful, it means God is in it. Because something works that God's stamp of approval is on it. Are you hearing me, somebody? You're hearing me? We're still in the book of Ruth. Still in the book of Ruth. So, so, so there was no reason for Naomi to suggest deceit and trickery huh? to back the brother in a corner. You see, she did it because she failed to trust God. There's no way you could trust God and trust your own deceiving, conniving methods of doing things. It's either one or the other. Usually, church, idolatry occurs at our points of greatest needs. Sometimes you want this thing so badly, and God is taking so long that you said, you know what, God, I'm going to help you. But anytime there is trickery and deceit, Anytime you have, to, you have to con to do it and scheme to do it, anytime you have to lie and step out of God's will, he is not in it. He's not in it. Amen. I'm going to say my own amens this morning. <laughs> to God be the glory, Pastor Thomas. I like that point. He's not in it. He's not in it. Whether it works or not. And, no, no, I understand Naomi's fears. I understand that she's, she's looking at her old age and she's seeing that, that Ruth is almost past the prime. She ain't no spring chicken anymore. I got that. And Ruth's biological clock is ticking, but she forgot Psalms 27 and verse 14 that says, wait on the Lord and, and be of good courage. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Because when you wait, God has a plan better than your deception. God, God's agenda would bless you more than your trickery would ever do. Wait, Naomi, wait. And, and I understand, you know, sometimes we step out of God's will to do our own thing, you know, claiming that because it's the right thing to do, at least, you know what I mean, God, I'm actually doing your will by lying. I'm doing your will by cheating, you know. We, we step out of God's will because so, sometimes we fail to realize or, or, or to understand who God is. You need to realize that God is in it for your good. God has your best interests at heart. God is not no monster. He's God, not Godzilla. He has, he has your, 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 your concerns at the center of his will. All that he does is with you in mind. You don't have to trip. You don't have to keep taking matters into your own hands. You don't have to lower your standards and become immoral so that you can get ahead in life. It's better to get ahead with God in the vessel. Amen. Praise God. And you know what kind of surprised me, to be honest with you? That Ruth, of all people, I, you know, I don't want to beat the sister up, right? But, but I'm, 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 I was kind of surprised that Ruth went along with Naomi. Uh, no, 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 Naomi was talking good at first, right? Yeah, he's the one. Yeah, dress right. Yeah, smell good. Yeah, make a move. Yeah, trap him. No! No, she blew it. You know why? Because God, God had shown evidence in Ruth's life that he was there for her. Miracle after miracle. 
what you would call coincidences or happenstance, huh? God's ma magnificent providential leadings was working in Ruth's favor. I mean, she's a foreign woman, huh? Didn't even have her documents for Bethlehem. Came into a strange land, strange language, strange custom, and she just happened to enter the field of someone who was closely related to her dead husband. That must be God. Not only, not only did she stumble upon Boaz, but Boaz promised her protection. She was respected. She was rewarded. That's all God. Huh? Not only that, not only that, not only that, but, 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 but the, the, the favor that she was getting, the, the, the noble character and the good name that she had developed. You didn't need to go there, girl. You didn't need to step out of God's will. Trust him. I like what Proverbs 3 verse 5 and 6 says. It said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding, but in all your ways. Acknowledge and he'll direct your path. Trust him, Ruth. Don't roll like that. God has been too faithful. He has a record. He has a history. He, he has, a, he has a, 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 a tradition of being faithful in your life. I thought Ruth would have been like... Um, like Pastor Sam's mom, you know, he was reading her old Bible once and he kept seeing something kind of strange. Throughout the Bible, he kept seeing T and P. T and P. He's like, what? He's reading Psalms, Psalms 34 and verse 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. T and P. Psalms 23, yeah, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? I'm going to fear no evil. T and P. Psalms 91 he that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I'll say of the Lord, he's my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. T and P, Psalms 55, 22. No, I won't go through all the Psalms. But he kept saying, he kept, he kept saying T and P and he couldn't figure out what, what is this T and P. He finally called his mama and that, that old saint said, he said, son, you, you see the T and P? If you notice, they were right. Alongside God's promises, 55, 22, cast your cares upon the Lord and he would sustain you. He'll never allow the righteous to be moved. T and P, Psalms 30 and verse 5, weeping may endure for a night. Help me somebody, but joy is coming in the morning. T and P, that T and P, son, it means tried and proven. Tried and proven. You see, son, every time God came through on a promise, I had to put T and P. Uh, next to my God shall supply all my needs. I knew when I was done out. TNP, because he worked a miracle where I could have found no way. TNP, TNP, he shall heal all your diseases. Huh? He shall take away your sorrows and your afflictions. T and P, by his stripes we are healed. TNP, I thought Ruth would have understood that God had been so faithful that she could have trusted him. That she could have leaned on him even though he looked like he won't come through. Even though he looked like he was about to fail her. That she could have trust him because he had proven himself time and time again. But the one thing about the story that impresses me the most. The one thing that almost brings me to tears and, and, and gives me so much hope and joy. In my own times of turbulence and, and trial is that despite or regardless of their unfaithfulness, regardless of them stepping out of God's will to get ahead, he still blessed them. My God, 
He still favored them. He still created a breakthrough. He still gave them the victory. What a God we serve. And you would be thinking, man, because I'm, I'm reading the thing and I'm telling myself, Lord, it's a risk to bless broken people. Because when you bless them, they might think that their, that their deception is what gave them the victory. When you bless them, Jesus, they, they might think it's because they lied and they cheated. That's how they got through. Huh? When you heal them, they might give the doctor the credit, but he's still healed anyhow. When you provide it for them, Lord, they might think it's their wisdom that did it. And they're conniving ways, but he still made a way where there seemed to be no way. What a God we serve. What a God of grace. And he does it. He blesses us in spite of who we are because his grace is still amazing. Blesses us despite our weaknesses and how we, we bring him to shame because he looks beyond our faults and he sees our needs. Don't tell me, church, that our God who created a freeway through an ocean can't hook you up with that promotion that you're seeking. Don't, don't, don't try to make me believe that our God that spoke vegetation into being, that he can't help you put food on your table. Don't tell me that the God who stooped down and performed surgery on Adam pulled the rib from him, creating a wife named Eve, that he can't bring you that spouse without you fooling around and messing. Don't tell me that my God don't work wonders. Because if he did it for Ruth and Naomi, he can do it for you. That's why I love that song that says, there is no secret what God can do. Or what he's done for others, he can do for you. I talk about the discipline of trust. And I love what we sang this morning. It says, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word. Just to rest upon his promise. Just to know, thus says the Lord Jesus, Jesus. How I trust him. How I've proved him over and over. Jesus, Jesus. Precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. Oh, for grace to trust him more. There might be somebody here today that wants that grace to trust him more. I don't know your circumstance. I don't know what you're struggling with. But for some reason, you keep thinking that it's about your strength, that it's about your wisdom. You keep thinking that you have to do your own thing to get ahead. And God is saying, why not try me and prove me? Why not trust me? Why not see me work wonders? G give me a chance so that I can work a miracle in your life. Stop robbing yourself of seeing God work wonders. There might be somebody who wants to trust him. So as we stand, I want to pray for that person or those persons. As we stand, I want to pray for those I want to say, Pastor, I want to trust God. I want to decide to say, Jesus, I have been doing my own thing for too long. I'm sick and tired of doing my own thing. Oh, God, I want to trust you. I want to lean on your everlasting arms. I want to walk in your way, Lord. You know, as, as I said, I, I, I don't care what you're struggling with. It could be drug addiction. God got you. It could be marit marital turmoil. God got you. It could be joblessness. God got you. It, it, it could be some of the same stuff that your parents struggled with. God got you. But it's up to you to trust Him. You all have seen miracles, three miracles 
miracles occurred this morning when Trinisha, Kyra, and Albert said, Jesus, <laughs> all for you, Lord, and we sold out. My prayer is that there might be others here today that are saying, I want to give my heart to God. I want, I want to be baptized. I want to say yes to Jesus. There might be someone here today. You don't want to leave this place without seeing God transform your life. And I want to give you that opportunity. I don't want to end this message without giving you an, an opportunity to say, Jesus, I want, to, I, want, I, want to, I want to serve you. I want you to be my best friend. My life is a heap of mess right now, Lord. And it's because I've been doing things my own way. So I want to make an appeal right now. If there's someone, Christ hasn't been your best friend in a while. You've been leaning on your own understanding. You've been doing things your own way. And you want to say, Pastor, I'm done. I'm going to do it God's way now. You want to give your heart to Jesus and your hands to him today. You want to be baptized in the future. You want to be prayed for. You want breakthroughs God's way. I want you to come right now. Come. Step from those aisles where you are. Step from the pews and come. We're waiting and we're praying. There are people praying all over this building. There's so much love in this place and support for your transformation. Come. I'm waiting and I'm praying. Come in the name of Jesus. Make a move today that says I'm going to trust God. I'm going to serve him. I'm going to walk with him. Come. Whether you're in the balcony, whether you're in the back of the church right now, come. We are praying. Who will be the first? Who will be the first? Who will be the first to experience that breakthrough? Come. In the name of Jesus, come. So sweet to trust in Jesus. So sweet to trust in Jesus. Come. Just a few more seconds. A few more seconds. Where are you? I'm waiting and I'm praying. Whether you're visiting, whether you're a guest for the first time, come. Come. Don't be nervous. Just the person next to you, tell them, walk with me. Come. Make a stand right now for your God. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Because he loves you more than you could ever know. I want you to make that move today. Saturday the 15th of May is your opportunity to have a brand new start in life, to have that 180 degree turn. It's your opportunity. Come, come, please come. Right now, come. Our heads are bowed. Our heads are bowed and our hearts are lifted to heaven. Our eyes are closed. Father, oh God, we are so amazed at the wonders of your love. Lord, thank you that time and time again, even though we keep doing our own thing, you keep stepping in and still blessing us, Lord. Even though sometimes we might misinterpret your blessings as you condoning our, our shortcomings, but Lord, thank you that you love us with such an everlasting love. As we're praying and our heads are bowed, might there be someone who didn't, you didn't have the courage just to come, but you just want to lift your hands where you are to say, Pastor, you, you are calling me. I, I want to make that decision to walk with God. I want to be prayed for. I, I want Bible studies. I, one day I want to be baptized also. I want you to lift your hands where you are. People are praying for you. Just lift your hands. You don't need to make a move. Just lift your hands. 
Please lift your hands. Right now, where you are. Amen. God, thank you for those who have said yes. For those who have chosen to walk after your footsteps. Would you bless us as a church? That, Father, we would trust. Life gets so difficult, but there's no better way than to trust and obey. Bless us richly. And thank you for this awesome Sabbath again, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated, everybody. Bye.